0: we pray over the word of God It's so powerful. Your word is so powerful. And Lord, even us as preachers, we're called to do it, and there's a grace. But Lord, we need your anointing. And Lord, I pray tonight as you've given me this word, I, I really pray about what I preach, when I preach it. And Lord, I ask you to come mightily upon me with the fresh anointing and speak through me tonight your words of life. Everything that needs to be preached, everything that needs to be said, Lord, it will go out as living seeds of truth sown into good for our soul of hearts and minds and lives watered by the Holy Spirit. Take root, grow, and produce a hundredfold harvest of eternal fruit that remains until Jesus comes. That the winds of your spirit will carry this among the nations where it's supposed to go. That your holy angels watch over your word, Lord. And you said your word will not return void, but to go forth and accomplish that which you sent it forth to. You? Let there be a mighty anointing, Lord, on the word of God. Lord, let it go out like a hammer that breaks down strongholds. Let it be a sword that cuts away what needs to go. Let it be a bright light shining that dispels all the darkness, lies, evil, deception of the enemy. And that exposes the enemy. And Lord, let it be the washing of the water of the word to cleanse people and empower people. We thank you for your word. Where would we be without the word of God? We love your word. Thank you tonight. that we're, We have a place to come and be able to take communion together to be able to hear the word of god be able to worship together be able to get prayer uh, lord we are so thankful that you love us and if we're the sheep of your pastor you provide a place lord like a green pasture in still waters god gives us a safe place to come and spend time with him and lord we love you thank you for hearing us in these prayers and we agree together we bind the enemy that would try in any way to hinder this word we bind you now in the name of jesus this will not be hindered it will go forward and accomplish what it's supposed to. In the name of Jesus, amen. All right, so I'm going to ask you guys, if you would, as little moving around as possible. Please, just let uh, no distractions, no hindrances, and and uh, help me out with that so I can really speak this out. All right, I'm dealing with the faith of Abraham. we ready to go? Got all the recordings and everything good to go? All right, I'm dealing tonight with the faith of Abraham. Because I've been dealing with a series I entitled, I felt the Lord tell me to speak a series on covenant. So I'm dealing with a lot of different issues that have to do with covenant. And this is one of them. I love this sermon. And let me say something right up front. I want everybody to hear this. River of life over the years, if you could maybe bring down my volume just one notch, just a just a touch hot. But anyway, River of Life over the years, I've been really praying about this. It's extremely important to me because I've been been around churches that were real religious, and it was kind of cold, and it was unfriendly, things like that. And it was really important to me that planting a church that was a warm, loving family. It's a big deal to me. I talk a lot about it. I speak a blessing every week about that. And thankfully, we've created a culture over time. A culture is not something... That happens like that. It's something that's got to be developed over time. It's like, you know, we've heard this example and I've shared it. You know, down in south, far south Texas, like San Antonio, back that way, there's palm trees, there's a different culture. The the climate is different. It's a different atmosphere. Um, You go far north, you go up into New York, there's different trees, there's different vegetation, there's different... um, you know, even animals that, that thrive in that that atmosphere. It's a totally different climate. And there's a different culture in New York. There's there's different accent. There's a different culture. Over time, cultures become established. But it takes time. We also have a culture here of honoring God's presence. Like a revival atmosphere. That's been cultivated over a long period of time. I've really prayed about this and... I feel like it's been doing pretty well, but there's a culture of witnessing. And it's been very important to me to really push that, that we keep that going, that we're faithful to, you know, after church, many people witness. And I've tried to create a culture where that's the normal. (coughs) And the reason why is because if you're persistent and you keep cultivating an atmosphere over and over and over over a period of time, It becomes an established culture in a church. And so this is something I feel that God is wanting to become a culture. And it has to do with faith. And it's something that's got to be preached a lot. And over time, um, the different strongholds that are in every person, it's everywhere, okay? But the different strongholds that may be unbelief or pet doctrines or different things, these strongholds will keep being shattered all the way down. And they will create a climate and a culture of great faith and expectancy over a period of time that will result in more and more healings and miracles and and breakthroughs and awesome answer prayers and things like that. But we have to have a climate here of faith. Faith is the currency of heaven. If you want the promises of God, how many knows if you go to a store, you can't just say, hey... You know, um, you like the shirt I'm wearing, so why don't you give me all this free groceries? You know, you, can't, you have to have currency with you. So you have to bring in do- actual dollar bills or whatever. You have to have a currency to be able to get what's there. In the same way, in regards to heaven, faith is the currency. And so you have to have a faith and an expectancy. And so I'm coming from that angle. Last week I dealt with rending the veils, and all of that is connected to this fast we're on. The week before that, I talked about a deep consecration. But how many knows that we're on this fast? God is wanting us to be deeply consecrated. He's wanting every veil to be ripped. And he's wanting us to have a faith to press into him so that he can do what we're asking him to do. All right, so that's the angle I'm coming from tonight. So Romans chapter 10, starting with verse 8. The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we are preaching. That if you confess with your mouth, I want you to notice some things. If you're taking notes, you can underline this, but confession with the mouth, Jesus as Lord. And then look at this, believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you'll be saved. And this word here, saved. See, people in our American culture, when you read that, they think, okay, born again. And that is certainly part of it, no doubt. No doubt. But the Greek word for saved is more than just born again. It's more than just sins being forgiven. The Greek word for saved has to do with salvation, but it has to do with healing, and it has to do with deliverance, and it has to do with, you know, like prosperity. So it's not just born again. So get beyond just that mindset, okay? So he's saying here, if you confess with your mouth, and you believe in your heart, Then there comes this salvation. For with the heart a person believes resulting in righteousness. And with the mouth confession is made resulting in salvation. For the scripture says whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. Let me say that again. Whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. Some answers come quickly. Some answers come over days and weeks. And some answers come over years. But those who believe in him will never be disappointed. And so Proverbs 18.21 says, Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruits. So what comes out of our mouths is important. Now, I have this in the King James, Mark 11.22. And Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. Now, I want you to notice something here. When Jesus said, have faith in God or believe in God, he said that one time right here. But then he says this, for verily, I say to you, whoever shall say to this mountain. He says, say one time here, be thou removed and cast in the sea, does not doubt in his heart, but believes that the things which he says will come to pass. He will have whatever he says. So he he says for us to speak it three times more than we even believe it. It's important because your mouth can get you in all kinds of blessings and all kinds of wonderful things and your mouth can also get you in all kinds of trouble and all kinds of bondage. Therefore I say to you whatsoever things you desire when you pray believe that you have received them and you'll have them. I thank God for River of Life has always felt such an openness to God's word. But I'm going to tell you, when you deal with certain things, there's pet doctrines out there and there's religion and there's people that really are against some of these things I'm going to be sharing. I know in the past when my wife, you know, I know she's back there tonight helping out with the kids. But, you know, she'll tell you, we've taught on like spiritual warfare, deliverance, things like that. Man, you wouldn't believe in the past some of the backlash and some of the resistance we've had from people. And my wife would just say, you know, I guess they don't want to be free, you know. And it's, um, it's also the same way in any other area. We, we've talked about revival and the power of God. You wouldn't believe the backlash. But the same thing with this, when you deal with faith and healing, and when you talk about finances, you wouldn't believe some of the backlash from some people. How many guys know that within people, they don't, they don't realize this until God helps them realize it? Please hear me tonight. A lot of times, well-meaning Christians, they don't realize it until the Holy Spirit helps them, but there's areas within them of either unbelief or rebellion against God and His Word. And they don't realize it until a preacher will get up, for example, and just start simply talking what the Bible says about giving financially. And something within them gets agitated. And the preacher up here is thinking, well, why are you mad? You know, you can feel it in your spirit. Why why are you agitated? I mean, just... And there's something within them that's not really mad at the preacher. There's something in their heart that's rebellious against God's word and rebellious against that teaching about finances. In the same way, there's areas many times like strongholds mentally and emotionally that people have that is there and it's, it's, um, it's against faith and healing. And it's something that's a stronghold. And God's got to break through. How many knows the Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty to God the pulling, to the pulling down of strongholds and what? Bringing every thought captive. Bringing every thought captive. So areas mentally, they're strongholds many times that people don't, don't realize that these strongholds are there, but they're strongholds of unbelief. And as preachers begin to preach along these lines, it begins to hit those things. And if people will be humble before the Lord, they'll say, Oh, Lord, I did not realize that I had this area. Help me. And you know what? God will help you. He'll break through. Other people may get angry because of pride. They get angry and they buck up against that. But it's out of that unbelief and rebellion that sometimes is in people against the Word of God. But anyway, the Word of the Lord says here, that whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you have received it. It says to have faith in God and to keep speaking to the mountain. Uh, Jesus, in this context, Jesus had cursed the fig tree. And then they came back later and saw the fig tree withered. And Peter was shocked. Oh, Lord, look at this. Is This is the fig tree that you cursed. And Jesus, I could just see him, you know, put his hand on Peter's shoulder. I know, you know, I got this, all right. Have faith in God that whatever things you believe will happen, and it will happen. So I'm going to deal tonight with Abraham's faith, because when God called Abraham out of the Ur of the Chaldees with his family, um, he said, I'll make you a father of many nations. Abraham did not have a son. And his wife was barren, and so there was no hope in the natural. But Abraham believed God. It was accredited to him as righteousness because he believed God. He didn't look at the natural. He believed God. In the natural, he was leaving a safe place with his father where he was loved, and they probably had a lot of prosperity. They were established. And here he is packing up his family and going out into the wilderness. And that takes a lot of faith because, I mean, you're going out into the unknown. Is there going to be a well to water our animals? Is there going to be fertile ground to plant uh, crops? I mean, he's stepping out into the unknown. Not to mention when you leave that environment and you go to foreign lands, will these people, some of their military people attack my family? And so he's really stepping out in faith, believing God to take care of him and believing God to do what he said he would do. And so when we pray, I'm going to keep preaching this this year until this becomes an established culture, until I feel the Holy Spirit releasing me. But when we pray about things, we've got to believe we receive it, that it's set in motion. That doesn't mean you're going to see it immediately. Abraham didn't see things for 25 years. It doesn't mean you're going to see it. it doesn't mean you're going to feel it immediately. It doesn't mean there's going to be immediate change at all. But the Bible says we don't live by sight We live by faith. And so we don't go by the natural. And here's what, you know, when I pray about things, I always tell my wife, I said, when we pray, let's just believe we receive it now. It's done. It's set in motion. And then it goes from praying about it into beginning to speak to the mountain. This is what the Bible says. This is what the Word of God says. It doesn't matter what the natural is saying right now because the Bible says this, and we just keep speaking to it. And over time, sometimes it's days, sometimes it's weeks, sometimes it's years. But over time, things change. Now, here's the first thing. Abraham, the Bible says, did not consider his own body. Faith focuses on God and what the Bible says and what God is doing. But the opposite of that, well, I wouldn't say the opposite, but Thomas... Remember, he said, I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe it, even though Jesus clearly told us, I'm gonna go into Jerusalem, I'm gonna be handed over to be crucified, I'm gonna be killed, I'm gonna raise from the dead, and he told them this. It's not like they weren't told. But Thomas, when it all happened, I'm sure it was so traumatic and difficult to go through the whole thing, they were they were scared for their own lives. But it was such an ordeal that Thomas, after people had even told him, they said, Thomas, I mean, he's risen. He's not in the tomb. Mary said she saw him. And Thomas says, I will not believe it until I put my finger in his side, until I see his hands with the holes in it. I'm not going to believe until I see it, until I feel it. That's doubt. And the opposite of that was Abraham who said, Though I don't see anything, though I don't feel anything, I don't consider my own body. Because how many knows his body? You know, he was too old to be producing children in the natural. Romans four nineteen says, and being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not consider his own body. His own body should not have been able to produce a child. In the natural, his body was not able to, but Abraham did not focus on the natural. He didn't focus on his age. He didn't focus on the weakness of his flesh. He didn't focus on what his body was telling him. He focused on God. God said he would do it. It does not matter. Nothing else matters. He's the all-powerful God. How many knows Jesus said, "All things are possible to him that will believe." And so, number one, the first point I really want to drill home is Abraham did not consider his own body. Many times, things in the natural—your your your flesh, your body—whether it's a sickness, whether it's financial. I've looked at things financial and thought, "Man, in the natural, how in the world?" But somehow God worked it out. Because, you know, we made up our mind that we were going to be faithful in our tithing and, and giving. And we weren't going to get away from that. We made up our minds. And there were times that, that in the natural, we, it didn't seem like we had it and we didn't know what to do. But we were still faithful and God came through miraculously, supernaturally. You don't look at the natural You obey God's word and you trust him. The second one I want to bring out is this second point is Abraham called things that were not as though they were. He spoke God's word until it came to pass in the natural. Romans 4 17 is written a father. of Many nations have I made you. Now look at this in the presence of him whom he believed even God who gives life to the dead and calls into being that which does not exist. God called into being that which does not exist. And Abraham followed suit. And the Bible says that he would call things that are not as though they were. He kept speaking to that mountain. See, there comes a point in time when we pray about things, we have to believe that we have received it, even though nothing has changed in the natural. It's faith. And then we move into speaking the word of God over the situation and just simply believing that it is working out. How many times in my personal life I've had to pray and believe God for something and I would keep speaking the word and God gradually over time was maybe doing a work in me of maybe like an inner healing issue of just being through difficulties and as that situation healed up in my heart then all of a sudden something in the natural healed up too. But I stayed in faith and kept speaking that word of God. I had to learn that. Now, at first, when I was younger in the Lord, I didn't understand these things, and there was a lot of things I struggled through. But as God taught me the Word, and as I grew in my faith over the years, I learned this, and I began to apply it. And I know that once you believe that you have received something, and you start speaking it, it's a process now. It's like you've gotten in the car, the car is now cranked, and the car is moving forward. As long as you're in faith in your heart, and you're speaking out of your mouth, things are moving that direction. But God may have to deal with A, B, C, and D before you can get to E. You're praying about E. And God's saying, okay, but you've got to understand, I've got to deal with this generational thing. I've got to deal with this bondage. I've got to break the power of this. There's spiritual warfare over here. And all these different things that he's dealing with, it's a process of breaking through all of that to get to the answer of prayer. This is important. And number three, the words of your mouth bind people to either the word of God or to what the devil is doing. People don't understand how powerful their mouth is and how much trouble they really can get into. Many times down through the years, I've seen this, but you'll see somebody that says things like this. Well, it runs in my family, so I guess I have it. They come into agreement with generational things, generational spirits, generational curses. And they foolishly accept it and begin to speak it over their life. And sure enough, that's what they're going to have. Many times people get prayer. They don't see or feel immediate change when praying. And they'll say things like, well, I guess nothing happened. They don't realize what they're doing, but they're hindering. Sometimes somebody will get legitimately healed. I've seen this through the years. I've seen people get legitimately healed, and then they were fine from that point on. But I've also seen some people that legitimately got healed, and then symptoms began to come back. And instead of rebuking that and staying in faith, they begin to come into agreement with that and say, well, I guess I was never healed. I guess I'm still sick. And sure enough that comes back on them I've seen people that something like medical science will give a very grim prognosis and people believe that in their mind they accept it and they begin to speak it out of their mouth and sure enough that's what comes upon them what they need to be saying is even though that's what it looks like in the natural the Bible promises this and I'm going to believe God and I'm going to speak his word i'm not going to come into agreement with this i realize in the natural thank you for telling me i realize that but god's bigger than that his words bigger than that and i'm not going to agree with that many times people are too focused on the natural they're focused on what their symptoms are telling them they're focused on what the devil is doing and they become very negative with their mouths What I'm trying to do is, I preach along these lines. I really have felt in the spirit, not from River of Life, not from anybody here, but I've felt something that has been flaring up in the recent past since I've been preaching this way because God told me He was going to start using the communion table. And God told me He's going to begin to increase, you know, healing and all that. And so I began to preach this, and I literally felt something rise up in protest and begin to try to intimidate and begin to try to get me to back off of it. And, um, I don't do that. I'm not saying that arrogantly. I say that humbly, but I'm not doing that. The devil is not going to intimidate us in River of Life. Amen. We're not doing that. Um, I mean that humbly, but we're going to preach the word. So anyway, I knew that I was going in the right direction anyway, but this just brought confirmation when I started feeling that coming against me like you it was basically like something trying to say you shut your mouth you quit talking about that trying to intimidate me and all this and said no no we're going to keep preaching this. this is what we're going to do so romans 12 verse 1 therefore i urge you brethren by the mercies of god to present your bodies a living sacrifice holy and acceptable to god which is your spiritual service of worship and look at this do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may be, be able to prove what the will of God is. That which is good acceptable, and perfect. And so. The Bible's talking about here being transformed by the renewal of the mind. And not being conformed to the ways of the world. And that's what I'm trying to get through. In this. See God had to take me through a process over the years. Uh, you know being in different forms of ministry for around around 20 years or plus. And. Going through some very difficult challenges. I've been through um, some major, major spiritual warfare that, I, honestly, this is not exaggeration, I did not know a Christian could go through. I didn't think that they could, actually. Um, I've been through some horrendous warfare. I've been through attacks against my health. I've been through attacks against finances. Um, had friends turn into enemies. I've been betrayed multiple times. I've been through a lot of stuff. But God has taught me through it what I'm preaching. And it, this isn't just a head knowledge of something that I read in the Bible and agreed mentally. This is something that I was forced through life circumstances to learn this. And I had to learn it and I had to apply it. And so it's something that's in my heart deeply. It's literally in my spirit. It's something I've been through. It's something I've had to live myself. And so this is something experiential that I've seen God's hand over and over and over come um come forth with great power and so i had to get to the place of really growing in my prayer life and growing in my faith sometimes it seems as though god some people don't understand this but we're all praying big we're saying god use us we want to do things and god's saying okay you asked and god i remember this pastor giving me this story because i was going really going through something many many years ago like a decade ago i was going through a horrible time i mean it was a battle and um i went to see a pastor friend of mine an older gentleman and he had been in ministry for a long time and he said that he gave this parable and he does this man he gives me stories like jesus did to his disciples man so it's pretty awesome but, you know, he just starts talking and giving me stories. And you got to really pay attention when a guy does that, right? So I'm like locked in. He's saying that he went out scuba diving one time. And um, they put on you, I guess for buoyancy or whatever, they put on you these weights to, to weigh you down and pull you down. And he had never been before. And so, you know, he's out there and he's got his little, you know, the rubber pants, right? <laughs> you know, the whole get up. He's got the, the big oxygen tanks and he's got these weights that they strap on him to hold you down so you don't just float back up and he's got the the goggles on and as soon as he puts his mouthpiece in he said his guide that was there on the boat with him just looks around makes sure everything's good and just whacked him and he goes off the boat backward hits the water and starts sinking and man he got so mad at that guy he, he said you know he's a preacher be thinking man i want to beat this guy down for doing it because he's sinking and right? he's scared and um anyway he gets he's flapping around the guy reached down pulls him back up and he's yelling at the guy would you do that for and the guy tells him so what are you upset about you came out here to go scuba diving you got everything you need now get in the water and so he said he had to learn how to breathe underwater and get comfortable with this situation this is new to him and he told me he said What you don't realize is that God is trying to take you deeper in Christ and that what you're going through is going to force you to deepen in your prayer life and it's going to take you deeper in Christ. And that's exactly what happened. I mean, I I really went deep in prayer like never before. I really began to get in the word and and get the scriptures I needed and meditate on them and speak them and I began to, my faith began to grow I began to deepen in my walk with Christ and pretty soon God gave me the victory in the natural so many times we get to a place we've been praying God we want to be used of you we want to see great miracles we want to see the things we read about in the Bible we want to be used in an awesome way and next thing you know Jesus just whacks you right off the boat and down you go and you're mad why are you letting this? You're mad. You're flapping around the water, ticked off at the Lord. And the Lord's saying, I gave you everything you need. Go deep in me. Go deep in me. Begin to learn how to breathe underwater. Begin to learn how to function in this new environment. Because God is beginning to take you deeper in prayer. Your faith will increase significantly. You will come out of it like gold from the fire, but you'll come out of it Strong. And that that purity and that strength will be what you need to come into the next place. All right? So anyway, the Bible says, don't be conformed to this world. So many in the body of Christ, especially nowadays, are totally, completely conformed to the world. They handle everything exactly as the world does. How much of this present world is in all of us? This is something, too, God had to get out of me over time. And I I prayed about this. Lord, get any worldly ways and this stuff out of me, unbelief, and areas where I handle things like the world. And God had to begin to purge this out of me. I'm going to tell you, for one example, and I'm, I'm having to pay off some things right now myself, but I've always had a mentality about this because of my parents, I believe. But I've had a mentality as long as I can remember that god had instilled in me a long time ago the bible says that you will lend and not have to borrow hello but that's not preached and a lot of people still function in life exactly as the world does economically there's no difference but god is wanting there to be a faith that we learn how to be givers the way the bible says to do it and be faithful with that not rob god be faithful And therefore, there's a blessing that starts coming and we learn how to walk in that blessing financially to where we can be lenders and not borrowers. That we don't have a debt and a poverty mentality, we have a prosperity mentality. This is a big deal. And another thing is, well, I'll just read this, but I've been saying this now for the whole time I've been preaching this series But the body of Christ, by and large, when they get sick, run to doctors. When they need money, they run out and take out loans. Whenever they're going through psychological issues, they go to secular psychiatry for the answer. Whenever they have trouble in their marriage, they run to secular counselors and secular counseling. Many times, that's within the church. Did y'all know that? There's a lot of secular stuff in the church that's not biblical. And they run to the ways of the world to meet the needs in their life. And they don't really trust the Lord. I think about, not saying this, I realize there's sometimes people cannot come. There's been times over the years uh, that I've been, like I said, I've been through stuff. I understand. I realize there's times that people cannot come. I'm not talking about that. But there's times that people, you know, get the sniffles. They don't feel good or something. They don't even go to church. And I'm thinking, well, why don't you come and get prayer, man? There's times that people are dealing with stuff, and they won't, and they're dealing with some whether it's a financial issue or, or something going on in their life or a physical problem. You know, there's a promise in the Bible. Come down to the front. Let the elders anoint you with oil and pray over you, and they don't even ever ask for prayer. What I'm saying is, is that God began to dismantle the old ways mentally and emotionally, the areas that may be unbelief, the areas where the world. We've been conformed, and everybody's dealt with this. I've dealt with this too. Everybody has lived in this world, the ways of the world, for so long that we don't realize how much of that unbelief and how much of that world is in everybody. And we've got to ask the Lord to begin to take that out of us, that we begin to believe him for divine health, for prosperity, and that we begin to run to him for the answers. Because instead of running to these other things why don't we run to the lord and run to his word so i believe that god is going to help river of life over this coming year i don't believe that this is going to be something that is just like um overnight i believe this will be something over a period of time because all of us have had to deal with these things i've had to deal with these things But God is going to begin to purge out more and more and more the world's ways, old old areas of unbelief. And God's going to begin to help us to create a culture in river of life of having great faith and expectancy in his word to come to pass. I'm going to tell you a warning about this. Most people around you will not understand it. Most people around you are going to continue to be like the world and the ways of the world, and they're not going to understand what you're believing God for, and it's going to irritate them that you believe God. Fear is an enemy. Unbelief is an enemy. I believe God's going to begin to increase faith. So let's go ahead and shut down recordings. I'm going to pray, and then we're going to pray for people that want prayer tonight. And I understand we've all been through stuff. We've all, trust me, I've been through things. My wife's been through things. But I don't know about you, but I want God to keep growing my faith and deepening me in him to where more and more and more I'm less like this world and walking more in what the Bible promises